0: Blackhawks get the puck down into the slot, and a shot by Jones! Went off the blocker, and now the Leafs countering. Up ahead to Nylander, a breakaway, he's in a goal! Goals! Holy mackinac! Willie Nylander wins it in overtime on a breakaway!
1: Hey, look at that. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick, alongside me to discuss no, not what's gone wrong. No, not all the myriad of things that have been a problem for this team this year, but a win, a 3-2 overtime win against the Chicago Blackhawks. Gord, what are your takeaways from tonight? Hey! I'm trying
0: to, I'm trying to mimic <laughs> you. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm with you. I thought we'd be coming down to a much different— I'm glad we're not, by the way. Leafs Nation post game when the Hawks, who had never led for a single second— never mind they never won a game all season, they had not led for a single second, scored first— And scored second, and then it was a very, very pedestrian game, Uh, but boy, just what the Leafs needed, right? Right, Brent? I mean, just about to come from behind, get two goals, then boy, I know they were working hard and they were spirited, but they were giving up some glorious chances at the the end of regulation. I mean, Jack Campbell came up with huge goaltending when it was needed, so... That adage we talked before about what they were doing last season Brent, finding ways to win which they really haven't done so far early in this season they actually did it tonight in Chicago.
1: Yeah with with Peter Marazic uh, not not being available right now you know maybe you could do without testing Jack Campbell so much but even if you're looking at goaltending you checked a huge box there tonight. He came up with some massive massive saves down the stretch early on as well. There was the one when it was it was 2-1 and you know Craig Simpson rightfully so on on the Sportsnet call, mentioned that, you know, that's a game saver right there. And, you know, I'm sure Joe and Jim had had similar comments. And to get a big saves out of your goaltender, but more importantly, just getting some offense from the guys you need to get offense from. You know, I know he didn't get either of the goals tonight, but I thought that was the best game we've seen from Mitch Marner this season. It's just he he looked like he had life. He looked like he was enjoying playing hockey again.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, it's, and to, you know, we'll get back to the positives. Just you know, at the end, that was disconcerting that Jack Campbell had to make so many big saves. Like I mean, so many big saves after, especially after Leafs had come back to tie it, and then you're going to bleep it away potentially like that. But to get back to the positives, the the Leafs also were taking all kinds of chances. They out Chicago. They outshot Chicago uh, for most of the third period. And you know, Mitch Marner is a good example. I I just thought, I thought the big guns were really clicking after after the first half or whatever it was. They kind of turned it up, say, after 25 minutes, and, and I, I really enjoyed it from then on. And the power play, which Chris Cuthbert gave the stat that he goes, this is about the easiest math you can do, nine goals in your last 100 attempts at 9%. Well, I think you've added a couple more to that unsuccessfully, but at least even the power play, you know, had way more opportunities than it had uh since they, well, I guess we go back to, really, since since the San Jose game and then the two other road games.
1: Yeah, that was easily the the best it's looked. And, you know, they've had moments where they were able to kind of find it for – you know, half a power play or something like that, but they were able to join two, three of them back to back. And that, that gives you life. How many times have we come on here during the intermissions and talked about how a Leafs power play was a momentum killer for them. And tonight it wasn't that tonight. They actually got the ice kind of tilted in the right direction coming out of it. So yeah, a, a ton of positives there. You know, one other thing that they jumped out to me as well is it's not lost on me that the team seemed more, Physically engaged. And I don't even mean in terms of the in between the whistles. It's the stuff afterwards. Anytime anyone touched Campbell tonight, there was a crowd around him. And, you know, to me, that just shows signs of a more engaged group. And is it a little thing that maybe doesn't really matter all that much? Maybe. But I think it's a sign of, of, of what this group can potentially come out of this slump.
0: Well, yeah, and, and and one quick add-on about the power play. They tied it. They're on the power play, so you're hoping they'll take a 3-2 lead that way, and they give up a shorthanded breakaway. That would have been a killer if uh, if Jack Campbell had not come up with the big save. I like the feistiness. I like the feistiness, and it can't just be Wayne Simmons as your only guy, you know, trying to stir things up, and there and there was some bite to the game. I mean, Austin Matthews had some intensity, had some bite. He had some physicality. Uh, Pierre Engvall as well, and and, and it, it got spirited. I mean, good, good on the Chicago Blackhawks, too. We really know that the big story's not on the ice as far as the Chicago Blackhawks go, but, you know, when the puck, dro- puck is dropped, the realities for the guys playing right now is they got to make it. They got to make it, uh, the most important thing on the ice, and uh, I thought they played a pretty, uh, pretty good game for them as well. And I think that's why it was feisty and spirited, is you had two teams that hadn't been doing a whole lot of that all of a sudden, you know, getting in a groove, and they both really wanted these two points desperately.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, Chicago came out; they they got off to the hot start, right? It was Kirby Doc just slicing through the Leafs for for that goal. And I think that I think that when the game starts off that way, you're kind of sitting there. Or I'll speak for myself; I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, here we go again. Some other team with a young player who is a star." And yeah, hey, you, you like Kirby Doc? I don't know that you like him more than than the Mitch Marner. I don't know that you like him more than Austin Matthews. And you're, I was just sitting there going, "Is this going to be another one of those nights where we see other teams, young players?" make plays and then it's to bring cat on the next goal. And he really shone for, for Chicago tonight. But I just, I keep coming back to the fact that you, you know, you get offense from the guys you need to in, in John Tavares and William Nylander, you know, where we've talked about a little bit about Marner there as well. And I don't want to paper over the the concerns you mentioned there, there, this was far from a, a plus level game, but it was a type of game that I think, you know, they always say when, when teams are kind of coming out of their slumps, you see them coming out of it before it actually shows up on the scoreboard board and that's just what tonight felt like for me the start aside you know the first 20-25 minutes it was rough it was rough but once they were able to survive that for lack of a better term it just if, if the Leafs are able to play hockey this way and yes add to it this is not the level of a playoff team or a for sure not a cup contender right now but if they're able to add to it this is how a team comes out of a slump up next Saturday against Detroit.
0: And, and because I guess we follow the money it 's always on the forwards, and really early on, the two nothing deficit, Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin had horrible, horrible times early in the game, and then later on the positives you got it, Rasmus Sandin was in on that goal i mean he he helped facilitate that game time goal, so there started to be a um, a lot of positives that way. You know, I kind of figured out i don 't know if I said it uh, on least nation post game, but uh, because there 's this whole debate about oh my God, the pressure lease fans are angry and i have I've kind of come of you know they're really actually they're actually kind of chill, they're actually kind of leaving you alone. they're pissed right that's really what they are it's kind of, it's been the worst kind of emotion it's been a sense of um you know apathy, and that's not you want what you want you actually want even if it's strong negative a situation and i you know what I looked at at Brent in the summer was I think and I don't know if I speak for everybody, but it's two summers in a row that you felt like. The exit, the almost inexcusable, given the lack of effort, exit against Columbus and then Montreal, it was akin to... Uh, someone with a teenager that keeps denting the car all the time and you say, Hey, don't worry, it's okay, just leave it. You can drive our car right now. We'll take it into the body shop tomorrow. Insurance will I'll pay cash. So insu-. you know, you know, just <laughs> there there there's that just in that kind of vibe, I think, the last two summers. And people said, Well, you know, I don't want to hear about the process anymore. Stop feeding me crap, okay? Stop feeding me crap. You know, show some show some regret about what happened, move on, speak about it on the ice, but stop giving me that stuff about the process go out and do what you did the last half of the game tonight do that more often than not and I'm fine I I don't I
1: don't need false words no I I well I think the problem is is that I think even the guys in the room when they're sitting up there at the podium and okay maybe not John Tavares because he's his hockey robot as it comes but I I feel like all the other guys are sitting there going yeah this is the thing I'm supposed to say and you know I see it all the time I'm on tons of text threads with, with, with my friends and people who care about this team like I'm sure all of you out there are and the reaction is oh god Sheldon letting these guys off the hook and then when he's hard on them oh well you know the fragile mentality of the team I think there's just nothing that can be said you know what you can say you can say like you said there Gord with your play go play like you played the last 35 minutes of this game and dig yourself out of it and that's what people want to see it's yes we all know the right things to say about it's this it's that but at the end of the day people just want to see this hockey team play to the level it's capable of and I think tonight you started to see the surface of that get scratched and that's where I think that's how you get out of this this wake me up in in March apathy that was definitely there to start the season and because of the start has bled into now almost November.
0: Yeah, and if you don't want questions about Nick Ritchie's ice time, go out and win. Because when you win, the post game press conference is it like like it's a butt kisser. It's like, hey, Schmully passed it to Buzzy, to Spencey, and to Wizzy, and whatever. And hey, how did you think? What were you thinking on that? You know, it, it, it's that stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden. When you start losing, my perception is, I really like Dion Phaneuf, Brett. I really like Dion Phaneuf. But they were struggling, and he became the monotone captain after every game. And you started to associate losing with Dion Phaneuf's voice. And you just got tired of him droning on. Okay, he was doing his job as the captain out there, but when you're losing, it sucks. And after a while... That's one of the negatives about it. That's, again, it's early. I understand it's early this season. And this is a new exercise because they didn't have to do it last season. They were on Zoom call all the time and that, but they had all kinds of positives in the regular season. But you you, you were getting that early in the season, just that – Ah Man, I uh, they're showing there's there's even less life on the podium than there was on the ice. Right. And I know the last thing a lot of them want to do is come out and talk anyway, but that's part of the job. And there's and there's an easy way to do that and show a little bit more, you know, give a little bit more without giving any state secrets. And, you know, just show the fan base that, you know, that you have what they're wondering that you have.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know maybe it shouldn't be lost on us that it seems like the guy who always kind of strikes the right balance in that in those post game pressers or if he's talking the next day of practice is Jason Spetza, and it's a guy who's given those answers for a million years, and he kind of knows. You know how to do it in a way that is authentic but is also kind of playing the right notes you know a a pair you mentioned earlier on that I think has been maybe one of the biggest worries for for people watching this team this year has been the Muzzin and Hall pair and you know it's just that's really really troubling because so much of what led this team or allowed this team to be them last year was finally finally having the blue line set and you know I think Morgan Riley and TJ Brody they've had strong games they've had off nights I think that's still a a quality kind of of top four pair but if Muzzin and Hall aren't the group you expect them to be that that's real concerning for this team you know what have what have you made of their start to the season and then I guess specifically tonight
0: uh, tough night tonight tough night the first half tonight I thought again when the team gets going everybody seems to get going but again <laughs> there were way too many breakaways at the end way too many scoring chances for Chicago at the end uh i I found there well hey the the, the first four games up to, up to, up till the overtime loss to the New York Rangers Rangers where they outplayed the Rangers you know you you looked at things a bit differently it wasn't the wow factor but it was good enough but uh, this recent stretch they've really struggled they've really struggled and as I mentioned earlier it seemed like the you know forwards are getting most of the blame but these guys can play a lot better you know they can on the blue line and we saw it again the second half of the game tonight and you know another thing to keep in mind Brent is okay the Leafs uh, have again. They've not struggled all season. They, they, they. The first four games weren't a struggle, but you know they've had a tough week or whatever. Yeah, just a week really. But they've got no injuries. Like Chicago's without Patrick Kane tonight, right? I mean, with all due respect to Mikheyev and Peter Morazek and, man, Nick Robertson, that's a tough one. Boy, oh boy, I'm really, I'm really big on this guy, and he gets hurt again. But, you know, they, they, all of a sudden, and, you know, the next thing is you start, because that's what we heard in the playoffs. You know, they lost John Tavares. Yeah, you won three games after you lost John Tavares. Then you lost the next three. Don't, I, I, I don't want that. I don't want that excuse, okay? I don't want that excuse. And right now, there are no injuries, but you'll start to get them. Okay, and you've got to learn to play a
1: certain style
0: without the injuries and still have success.
1: I would never I would never sit here and say that the team is better off without having one of the big four or any of those kind of core pieces of the team. You know, Riley, Muzzin, Brody, keep keep listing them. I mean, you understand the types of guys I'm talking about. But when a player like that is missing from your lineup, I think it kind of forces everyone to look around the room and be like, well, that's that's 35 goals not here today. That is that is 25 minutes of solid defense. that's not in the lineup today. And it just forces again. I go back to this word of engagement and accountability. It just forces you to own that you're going to be more important for this team for tonight for a week for however long you're without that player and the fact that they haven't had that happen yet you know I'm not going to use it as far away from an excuse to the some at times apathetic start but I think that that's that's what happened last year in those three games that you won without John Tavares you had a group of guys realizing you needed to step up and I think that the injuries are absolutely going to come for this team you know Sheldon Keefe has made the point and I don't know how much of this he even believes and how much of this is him just trying to spin it for something out of the beginning of the year but he made the point that this group never went through any adversity last year during the regular season Matthews missed a handful of games and they they were just fine without him what do you what do you make of the idea because I don't know how to feel about it that if this group is able to get out of this and this start doesn't tank their season and a win tonight 3-2 over the Blackhawks is a huge huge start to that if it doesn't tank their season, do you think they'll be better off for having gone through this stretch early on?
0: Well, I think it's a valid comment. You think about Tampa Bay with that dreamlike regular season and what did it matter when they got swept four straight by Columbus And the next two seasons? Uh, they don't have as good regular seasons, but they hoist the Stanley Cup. Uh, but I will go back again, that, and I give Sheldon Key full marks on that, that he got him out of a deep hole when he took over from Mike Babcock. So that was a season with adversity. And again, uh, we the Leafs lose to Columbus and to bring up injuries, Jake Muzzin's injury is used as a reason. I like Jake Muzzin. He's not Nick Lindstrom. Okay. And you know, you're like, seriously, remember to Columbus. Oh my goodness. They never yep. got over. Oh, Jake. always oh, this ready, this, this ready prepared injury uh, excuse. Now, and that was uh, an uneven season, and again, it got more uneven because when you went to the bubble, there was an artificial, artificialness to it. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't the kind of flow that I thought they would benefit from because, uh, um, you know, they were going to be hard pressed to make it, and if they made it, I thought they'd have some momentum. So, uh, but but uh, to get back to your original point, Brent, uh, I, I will, you know, I think Sheldon Keith does have something there, and, and my point has been all along, or our point is. Uh, hey let 's get to game number eighty three onwards and uh, and 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 have to be more demanding. The expectation is not unrealistic to be more demanding, so i don 't care the first eighty two if it's more uneven, if there's more adversity, if that makes you better prepared, if that makes you a better team, all that good stuff then then that's great. Go with it, but uh, you are getting to a point before tonight 's game when you can't get too, too ugly. The, uh, the Valley can't get too, too low because then that's what happened in the Mike Babcock situation that a team that you assume was going to make the playoffs um, really weren't going to the way it continued. And this was starting to trend this way a little bit, and I said starting, and they're not out of it. But otherwise, you know, Sheldon Keefe, get me to game number 83 and uh, the 82 game journey, uh, I'm all good as long as the next games are a different result than the last five or six years.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that was the most troubling thing for everyone kind of talking about this team, following this team, watching this team was, there's no small tweak to make at, at this point in time. Like, there is no, like, hey, eh, you know, what if you got a third-line check-in center in there? You did that. His name's David Kampf, and he's been just fine. Like, if it wasn't going to work with Sheldon Keefe and with the group going right now, it did feel like there had to be a monumental sea change, be it on the roster, be it front office, be it coaching. It felt like something was going to have to happen. So hopefully this allows everybody involved to take a little, not the, not take the foot off the gas, keep it firmly pressed to the floor, but just take a little bit uh, of an exhale. You know, one thing I have to point out tonight is this happens to the Leafs all the time. And it was just really, really nice to see it happen to somebody else one one time. David Camp, I know he's not a Chicago guy, but he played in that city. He never scored a goal in that building. And if that had happened for a Leaf player and they went and signed somewhere else, there's no doubt in my mind that they would have scored. So it was just nice to, for, for once, see a Maple Leaf kind of torture uh, their, their former team like with David Kampf getting the, uh, the goal in the third period there.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, it's funny you say that, and I don't know why that has been the case throughout history. But you're right. I don't know why, and it just, I'm sure there's other times a Maple Leaf uh, had an incredible first visit back at his uh, opponent's venue. But I remember it the way you're talking about it so often, and 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 good on him. I mean, he had a tough night What he was minus four against Pittsburgh uh, on Saturday. They really had a tough time, but we know, you know what he can do. He could be a solid two-way player. And if you're not going to score many goals in the season, um, try to make sure they're big, important ones. And that certainly was one tonight.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, I that's true. You you know you're going to count on David Camp for a handful of goals, if that, and the fact that one of them sends the game to overtime. When you know, I'd argue it as close to a must win as you can get in game. What is this game eight, nine of the of the season? That yeah, you you need game eight. There it is. That you needed to have you needed to have something come out of that tonight. So yeah, very very nice to see that. We we touched on this a little, but I just wanted to to dive back onto it before we we hear from from Sheldon Keith. Here is is Matthew's game tonight. You know he he gets an assist on the game winner, pushing the puck ahead to Nylander. But again, it just felt like the, again, I keep going back to that word, engaged. He just seemed in the game. He's yapping at the ref, telling him to drop the puck. He's screaming at some defenseman on the Leafs bench. I, I would imagine wanting more of the puck. He's, he's drawing after face-offs in front of the Blackhawks, or before face-offs in front of the Blackhawks net. Like It just felt like a guy who was just more, I don't know, to borrow a Brian Burkeism, just more in the fight tonight.
0: Oh, and, and you see the feistiness on the bench, and they're, you know, and the, the, this, it's. John Tavares is the captain, but it's important you have a strong leadership group. And uh, I don't know how Austin Matthews is that way. He certainly is a leader the way he is on the ice. And uh, but I, you know, I, I do like, I do think when he speaks, people will listen. And uh, and I liked it. And you saw like once when um, there was the extra dipsy doodle blue line that put him offside. He's kind of going, hey, come on, come on, we can, come on. When you're struggling, you can't be doing those kind of things. And I I I, I, I like kind of that he was just I think I didn't believe he just said let's shoot the puck at the net. Like let's get back to the basics. We're struggling, but let's not screw up the little basics. So I I like that feistiness that he had in that and I mean he always competes, but I but I, I, I like that he hit a little more bite to him.
1: Yeah, I, I like that too, and it's funny because I've been, I've been dying for this guy to get a, a look on the top line, but there have been a couple of plays with, with Michael Bunting this year, and again, it's just this happened with Zach Hyman early on, playing with these high, high-skill players where it's just a look after a puck going offside or a miss pass or something like that, and it's just, yeah, that's, that's Michael Bunting. That's not William Nylander or Mitch Marner, and it's just it's always uh, slightly amusing to me to watch that, that adjustment for, for everyone involved on that line.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I, yeah, I, I like Sheldon Keefe trying different things. And actually tonight, uh, you know, when they're down to nothing uh, and I, and, and I dread it. Well, no, I always like coming on. How could you be? We're on talk and leaf hockey. <laughs> or on, we're on the fan. But I dreaded having the same, you know, the same kind of theme that we're going to get at right away and oh my God and whatever. And I just like that. They, they, they had some fight in them. They turned it around and the different line combinations that Sheldon Keefe was trying uh, really were effective.
1: I, I never, ever dread coming on with you, but I will admit sometimes I dread hearing from our producer, Sam McKee, because everyone out there thinks I get the most sour, uh, but he's definitely uh, up there. Uh, Gord, oh, was there yeah. anything else you wanted to touch on before we, uh, before we hear from uh, Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe tonight?
0: Uh, no, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, I, I like Sheldon Keefe, so I'm hoping it's the kind of Sheldon Keefe that I enjoy. I think it probably will, and we'll be down there on Saturday against the Detroit Red Wings, and, you know, now you get a chance, you get to take a breath, and, you know, which which way you going, guys? Let's find out, start Saturday. Is, is, this, is this the first day of the, the best day of the best time of your life for a while, or it's just just a little blip, and ten days later, you and I, Brent, are going, oh, woe was me, what the hell's going on? So, I'm looking forward to Saturday night, Scotiabank Arena, Hockey Night in Canada, where down there you can't beat it
1: that's right I'm very happy you brought that up because uh had tonight's game not gone the way if it if it ended like it started uh that could have been a very very different crowd than I think we'll have on our hands on Saturday night uh Gord Stellick and Brent Gunning here with you for Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 the fan of the Sportsnet radio network you've heard from us let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe
2: yeah it feels good for sure I mean our, our guys you know, ha- have been through a lot here on this road trip, and and uh, you know, some of it self-inflicted, but but still, nonetheless, you know, mentally, it's been it's been a lot. So uh, to to get two points going home feels good for sure. We know there's a lot of things that you know we still need to clean up and do a lot better than we did tonight. But the fact that we, at the end of a long road trip here, with the way things have gone, that we fought, you know, we get a great. Great goal uh, from Camp, and you know that line really working to get us that goal, and then find a way to get the second point. It's that's big for us going home. Oh, yeah, concerned for sure. I mean, it's not the way we wanted it to go. You know, we talked a ton about protecting our goaltender. You know, make it harder to get to our net, and you know they score two goals where they're you know in alone on our, on our goalie. So that's got to stop you know we, we can't allow those you know and we we gave up a bunch more later in the game there's a number of times where we're just flat out just getting they'll you know, just getting beaten you know and the second one here tonight was you know uh, an egregious line change at, at the end of a very long shift at our own end you know those things happen sometimes but we, you know our situational awareness in that moment's got to be a lot better um, those are little details in our game that you know that are you know, while our offense is still finding its way, uh you know those little details that put us in holes and that can not happen. It sounds like the first intermission
0: was quite in the a the Was there
2: anything did you hear anything said that really stuck out to you? No, I am at a good distance away from the players in the intermission, but uh we've got a number of guys that are vocal in the intermission, do a lot of talking. You know, we're at the point here now or as a coaching staff we've done a lot of talking, we've we've addressed a lot of things you know, with the team. Uh you know, in a lot of cases, it's you're, you're better served when the players are are taking it upon themselves to, you know, to to deal with things and talk about it and reinforce the coach's message. So, you know, I, I did catch when some of the stuff happening there, just as I, I'm making my way back towards the room, and I think that's that's an encouraging sign. It just shows me that our guys care; they haven't given up on each other or anything like that. They're just pushing that they want to get this right. I just thought. You know, I thought that, uh, that they had good good energy made plays. I mean, that, that play that they scored on the rush, that's the kind of play we need more of. You know, we haven't had a, a lot of opportunities to make those types of plays. Just, you know, um, you got to give credit to a lot of teams we've been playing against. They've done a really good job of eliminating those types of rush opportunities for us. We've got to find ways to generate more of them, but the the window opened there for a little, a little bit for us. and And when it does, it's... Like I said, I think our players are good enough that those plays are going to get made. So it was a great play by Morgan, first of all, to get up there and, and create that, and then for Mitch, you know, yeah, he does what he or he did what he does, excuse me, in finding John, and then just a world-class finish by him. So that's a huge goal by us. The camp goal is huge, and and then you know, great on Willie to get it done in overtime. It's huge. That's a big part of who Mitch is, you know, that personality that he has, the energy that he has, he brings a lot, not only for his own game to be out there and feeling free and, uh, and, and flowing out there, but also for our team, you know, he, he brings a lot of energy and and helps guys relax. And, um, that's a lot of what he and I have talked about as he's gone through. This is just trying to find ways to, to connect with, you know, his personality, allowing that to come out. Um, that's been what's been really nice to see here. You know, as, as Mitch is, you know, he, he, he's, he wants to play better and he wants to produce. And uh, he knows he's a difference maker for the team. Yeah, so he, he has a high expectations of himself. But he's still, he's a big leader on our team as well. And he's, he's not let his individual situation affect his energy and, and the things that he needs to bring around the team. So I think that's big. And that's a, a huge step towards, yeah, you know, the on-ice piece of it coming together. Well, in terms of how it felt here today, I mean, <clears throat> I think it just felt, you know, um, in terms of the hockey, it felt like a regular, a regular day in that sense. But I think the big focus uh, f- that should come of today, obviously, yesterday is a very dark day uh, for hockey, and, and a lot of things coming to light. But uh, you know, the the courage that Kyle Beach showed here today, um, in, in stepping up and, and being a voice uh, for people and their victims. Uh, I think is incredibly brave, uh, something that I think not only helps make our game better and ensuring that these, these things don't happen, uh, but, but the world and society in general. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's much too late here, but certainly the hockey world has is, is given their support to Kyle. Yeah, it's massive. Clearly, I mean, we we, we can't let that deficit grow. Uh, we we gave up too many here, you know, too many chances again in that third period. You know, we got some help at different times at the posts and whatnot. But uh Jack's Jack battles. We know that we come to expect that he's going to be there for us, and you know, for him to to you know get get to or to go by him in the first period there, but just make sure that the third one doesn't go and that gives us a chance you know we we should be as a team we should be consistently scoring three or more a night you know if a goalie can keep us keep us below three uh, that we're giving up we should win most games so
1: Jack did his job thank you There is the Leafs bench boss following the 3-2 overtime win against the Blackhawks in Chicago. William Nylander with the overtime winner. We'll be back on Saturday night from Scotiabank Arena for a little hockey night in Canada, Leafs and Red Wings. Thanks so much for listening. For Gord Stellick, I'm Brent Gunning. This has been Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet of The Fan and the Sportsnet Radio Network.